And now for a special episode of the Pop Zara Podcast. It's movie time. Hello, hello, and welcome back. It's the Pop Zara Podcast. That's right. It's the Pop Zara Podcast full of movies, full of stuff. And if you think you have deja vu, you don't. We recently recorded an episode of the Movie Time Podcast about the best, the worst, and everything else of movies of 2022. This similarly sounding podcast is all that, but instead of actual movies, we're going to be talking about anime movies. That means cinematic anime movies that hit theaters in 2022 and a little bit of everything else because I think anime covers a big, it's a wide spectrum. But you, well, we can't do this alone and I really can't do it by myself because I'm a noob. So for this, we're enlisting some of Pop Zara's lesser known editors into the fray. First up is our own podcast producer, Chris Wolfman Mitchell. Chris, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Finally, finally you're on here. I've been trying to drag you on here forever. No, right. you're like, no, I don't want to do that. I have things to do. No, but thank you. Uh, but special, special, we have a Pop Zara podcast debut. That's right. One of our editors who's been toiling away in the background is joining us with the voice. That is none other than Sebastian Stoddard. Sebastian, welcome back. Actually, welcome for the first time. I'm glad thank to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And I want to say this, Sebastian, your bona fides are not just with Popzara. You've also you're also a contributor to Collider for Anime News Network. And I think you you wrote for the uh, the New York Times. You wrote a Pulitzer Prize winning thesis on economic diversity. Was that right? Oh, no, it's anime. That's right. OK. Anyway, we're going to have a lot of fun with this. Uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, like I said, theatrical anime that hit theaters, American theaters in 2022. Spoiler, there was a lot. And we're going to talk about some things that hit streaming. We're going to talk about television shows, of which I know very little. So I do want to put a big fat asterisk before we go forward. Uh, we were supposed to have another guest on this thing. Uh, schedules got crossed. Schedules changed. So instead, you have me. I know. It's exciting. Hey. Um, hey. Yeah. But you also have Chris, which is really exciting. And Sebastian oh. is the expert. So you're in good hands with Allstate. So hmm. let's get going. So, Sebastian, let's start real quick. Uh, you cover a lot of anime for Popzar. You cover a lot of anime elsewhere too, but I I really only care about Popzar. I'm kind of I'm kind of prejudiced. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about this. You attended a lot of anime movies. Let's go ahead and say what what was the theatrical landscape like for people who are looking for something that wasn't Disney and DreamWorks and Netflix this year in theaters. So most of the stuff that I saw in theaters that was anime was actually like fairly well attended. In my very humble opinion, at least half the theater was always full, which is saying a lot, especially for some of these films that aren't like uh, Studio Ghibli. There we go. I was like, I can't remember. That's that's the one name um, that the normals know, right? Yeah. So seeing a theater for an anime movie that's not produced by that company being <laughs> pretty well attended is really rare. Um, so I think that just means that we had a lot of really good movies coming out this past year. You know what's really crazy? Um, I usually follow the box office. I don't know if you saw this story, but uh, one of the films that actually did really well this year actually topped the box office. It was uh, one of the, the new Dragon Ball movie. Do you remember that Dragon Ball? Oh, was yeah. it Super or was Superhero. it Superhero? Yeah. Yeah. Like I was shocked. I was like, Are you kidding me? An anime film was number one in America. Right. How times have changed. Yes. So, let's just go and let's talk about it a little bit. I know Chris. Uh, you are you are tight with everything on VOD, on Blu-ray, and yes, DVD. I don't know why they keep sending you DVDs. Like I know. somebody's somebody's got a DVD player. <laughs> right. So so Sebastian, out of the out of the 
theatrically released anime films that you saw this year. Let's let's go through a little list and see what you really liked. Um, you don't have to go in ascending or descending order, but let's give uh, the audience a taste of what tickled your fancy in theaters this year. I have a couple. I think I actually had more that I really, really enjoyed than I hated, which is always mm-hmm. good. Um, Hate's good, too. Hate's okay. <laughs> but starting with the ones that I liked, Bell came out in American theaters this past year. Really excellent. I honestly thought it would be my favorite one of the year, but it actually got topped by something a little further down on this list. Ooh. Super good animation, really great music, and it's a music-based story, so I would hope that it would have really nice music. Um, but it is an adaptation of Beauty and the Beast, So, uh, but it takes place in like a virtual world, so it was a good update on that story. I had Review Starlight, which was also a musically-based one. Um, it is an anime series movie, though, so it wasn't an independent film. Um, it's definitely something that if you haven't seen Review Starlight, it may not be your cup of tea, but it's super pretty. Um, and it was done by studio Kinema Citrus and that studio comes out with a real, a lot of really, really interesting stuff. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut it. No, 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 you're good. (laughs) No, I'm going to say, especially our show, um, that Made in Abyss. That's really good. Yes. Yes. Really excellent. I was going to, I was, let's, I got a question for you real quick. So as someone who is interested in watching an anime, let's say you go to the theater and like you said, I know Fathom Events does a lot with the Studio Ghibli films, like you mentioned, which is always a treat, by the way. I just, I think we all agree. Any chance to see a Ghibli film on a big screen in a theater is, you should take it. You should just take it. Without a doubt. Right. But let's just say this, you don't recognize the characters, you don't recognize the story, because I know, and you can, Sebastian, you can let me know if I'm, if I'm off base. A lot, there are some things like Dragon Ball where they're usually part of a larger story or a larger franchise. Or like you said, sometimes it was a TV or an OAV, which is, what is that, original animation video? Yeah. Um, and so you might be seeing like the 10th part of something, right? Or like the fifth part, but it's a movie. So what would you recommend to people who might be on the fence who say i don't want to give that a try because i didn't watch the ten thousand episodes that came before is it possible is it possible to enjoy it or do you recommend homework first i think with some of your larger series stuff like dragon ball or one piece sometimes it is really easy to go and just enjoy the movie for what it is because um, both of those series are so long and they've been going on forever that it's just easier to take it at face value and with a lot of people that i know those are really like non-linear stories. So you can pretty much start anywhere you want and move back and forth as you go. Um, so if you like with the big ones, if you're interested in watching it and you think it's going to be really good, then, you know, you should go for it. And if you like it and you want to start looking back at the beginning of the series and go from there, then that's great. And if not, then you don't have to. But some of the smaller ones, so stuff like Review Starlight or... Um, Quintessential Quintuplets came out with their movie this year. Both of those are pretty short series um, that I would usually recommend watching before you go see the movie, just so you have the background information. You know, what's funny. I just thought of this while you were talking. I guess that same criticism, you could lay that same criticism on the Marvel Cinematic Universe, couldn't you? Because there's like a million different movies and TV series. Like I remember when, um, what was the one that Chris came out this year? It was... Uh, 
Doctor Strange so, in the Multiverse. Oh, yeah. There you go. And I remember I was hesitant to seeing it because I had not watched WandaVision yet. And, <laughs> and, and apparently I'm the only one who didn't watch it. But I was hesitant. I was like, I don't really want to watch WandaVision before I see Doctor Strange. And so I kind of avoided it. I, I, maybe it was my loss or whatever. But there, I guess when you're part of a larger you know, franchise or, or universe, I guess you have to start somewhere, right? Right. Yeah. So, but I still haven't seen Doctor Strange yet. So. Oh yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. I know. I heard. I heard. I heard people die in that. Yeah. No spoilers. Yes. <laughs> They'll come right. back. They always come yes, back. Yes, they so. do. <laughs> okay, so uh, going down the list, so we got we got some good ones. So what else? Uh, what else really caught your attention? Oh, so uh, my other one that was on my list before I get to my favorite one is kind of a controversial pick. Uh, I had the Deer King, which mm-hmm. um, has like a whopping six out of ten on my anime list, and uh, even worse ratings on other sites. But I thought it was really excellent, and I think when I reviewed it for Popsara, I gave it an editor's choice because I thought it was stunning. I thought the story was really good. I thought the animation was really pretty, which makes sense because the studio was uh, production IG, and mm-hmm. they've done everything they did haiku they did um right ghost in the shell (laughs) uh, they did attack on titan the first couple of seasons they did kuroko no Mm. basket they did the great pretender they did ghost in the Mm. shell they did all sorts of stuff so going in i was already like it's gonna be beautiful um Mm. and luckily like it wasn't just pretty it was just a really good story as well um but my favorite one uh by far for the year was inuo Mm-hmm. yeah i thought it was just amazing uh and as somebody who really likes like glam rock and glitter punk music it was a real treat to sit through and i did end up buying it on dvd so i could watch it whenever <laughs> i wanted but it was just really excellent and the art style was really cool because it was inspired um by Heian art um it was just super super good uh, it's really hard to put into words how much I really liked that movie. Hmm. You don't need to put it in words because we can watch the movie. <laughs> so that's <laughs> it's all about watching. No, I know you're a big fan of it. And I know you're really excited. Yes. And um, what was it? Who was the director of you know? Do you remember? Um, I, br- I only bring it up because I thought they did something else that uh, people that was noteworthy. So they did. I'm thinking of the name. Uh, Masaki Yuasa, mm-hmm. and he did Ride Your Wave, which was really good. Um, oh, I'm sorry, he didn't do Ride Your Wave. I'm being silly. <laughs> but that was good too. See, that's right. still good. So See, write go. this down. Right. Recommend- yes. Recommendations coming out of the wazoo here. Right. Did he? Are you sure? Did he do Ride Your Wave? I don't know. Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah, he, he did Ride Your Wave. Look at that. You were right. You were um, more right than you know. Um, he did a lot of anime series, so mm-hmm. he did Devilman Crybaby for Netflix, which I loved. It was a very mm-hmm. experimental art style, uh, a little different from the original that came out, uh, I want to say, like, the 90s. Yes. Uh, and he updated it, and it looked really, really great. He worked on Japan Sinks 2020, which was oh, really good. Yeah. And then he did Lou Over the Wall, which is also a pretty interesting little movie and he worked on ping pong the animation oh, which okay. uh 
if you like sports anime and you have not seen ping pong, I highly recommend it. I know it doesn't sound very interesting, but I promise it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny? I actually just finished reading that. Really? Oh. Yeah, the manga, the, like the yeah. two giant volumes they had published, the two. Mm-hmm. And I, it, the, the art style is very interesting, but I haven't seen the animation yet. I just read the manga. They, uh, uh, the animation's really close to the art style of the manga. So I'm glad they kept it. It's very unique. I'll say that. Um, the only one on this list that caught my eye because I'm so old and ancient is that he worked on, uh, was it Shinchan? Was it, is it Crayon Shinchan? Yes. Yes. Yeah. He did. So like, I was like, I know that one. I, I, I know that reference. I get it. Yeah. I felt really proud of myself when I um, saw that. He also worked on Keep Your Hands Off Isokin, which is one that came out like a few years ago. Um, very weird little anime, but it was really good about these three girls and it was an experience because it has very much his art style and his want to tell stories about people who don't really fit in and how they find themselves Uh, and it got really popular there for like a brief moment in 2020 when everybody was locked in their houses and (laughs) it kind of what happened wait what 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 are you talking about what this dark period this happened (laughs) no sorry we blocked that Uh, out it's okay Honestly, that year for anime wasn't all that amazing. I remember seeing an adaptation of a manga that I really liked called The Titan's Bride. And I was so disappointed that it was the second worst thing that happened to me that year. <laughs> so <laughs> It helps to have perspective on things, you know, yeah. like, well, it's not as bad as the pandemic. So <laughs> but it could be. So what you what you were sort of getting at was the idea that an artist like so much of anime so much of whether television or movies, it comes from manga. You know this. And uh, whether whether it's an adaptation as a series or a movie, Japan is very famous for, for pumping out quite a bit of animation. I think we can all say that, um, controversially so with some people. So, But when you have something stylized, when something is very, very uniquely that style of the artist, and that's translated. Like if you have something like we talked about, the ping pong, that ends up looking like the manga. That's thrilling because it's unique. Uh, but my question to you is, just before we get on, how important is it for an anime version of a manga to look like the source material? Like, is it? Would you say it's paramount, or would you say you can you can put up with like changes as long as the story is there? What do you think is do you think it matters or do you think one takes precedent over the other? So I think it really depends on the series. Um, the one that comes to mind almost immediately is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys have any experience with that one. Oh, Chris does. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen it in passing, but I haven't really so, committed to it yet. <laughs> JoJo is one of those ones that everybody avoids watching because they're like, it's ugly. <laughs> it is absolutely hideous. The art style is gross. Because um, Araki, the guy who writes it, has a very... It's a particular art style that's very like hard lines, masculine body types. Um, he does a lot of weird stuff. And I think that when they did the anime, it's very close to his style in the manga that he writes. And that if it hadn't have been, it would not have been the same. It wouldn't have translated very well, uh, especially in a landscape now where like every anime kind of looks the same because you have the little Bishonen boys, and you have uh, the girls who have the same facial shapes and the same haircuts and everything. There's 
also certain ones that it works really well to not have that exact same art style. It could be because it's harder to animate. Uh, and I'm always a fan of doing what's not going to kill the animators while yeah. they're doing stuff. I can't think of any off the top of my head um, besides maybe Haikyuu, which is a volleyball anime. And the way it's drawn in the manga is a little different than how it turned out on screen. But that's because like the mangaka, her art style is a little scratchy almost. And it mm. comes through in some of the animation scenes where they wanted it to kind of look like the manga. But overall, they kind of cleaned up the look and made them a little more polished. And I think it was better off for it because it probably would have turned a lot of people off to have almost like unclean art style. Might be too artistic, you mean? Yeah. As far, you know, the, the one that comes to my mind that was very divisive, like when it comes, I don't know if the term anime applies to this, but you be the judge. A couple of years ago, speaking of Studio Ghibli, they brought out a CG animated film. You probably you probably remember it. Earwig and the Witch. Yes. And it was the and it was very let's just say it was very jarring for people who saw, you know, a fully CG version of something coming from the studio that sort of defined hand-drawn animation excellence. You know what I mean? Like they've become like the most successful, like in the, in the current age. Um, I don't know. Did you, did Chris, I, I know you saw it, but um, yeah. did you see Earwig and the Witch? I did. What did you think of it? Honestly? Like, I mean, artistically and the story wise, did you, I... did you, yeah. The story wasn't bad. Um, it's very, in like, in its own way, it's very Ghibli. I'm not a big fan of CG animation, especially for anime, because I feel like a lot of times it's just not done in the right way. Um, and it comes out just kind of looking rough. Um, yes. Amen. I, <laughs> um, like, I think uh, one of the movies I had on my terrible tier list um, <laughs> was Ryoma, Rebirth of the Prince of Tennis. Mm. And um, Prince of Tennis is a series that is near and dear to my heart because it's absolutely insane. And it started in 2001 and it's still going strong, as most of your like older sports anime tend to do. But it was done in CG and it made the animation look so choppy and just terrible. And I feel like it was kind of jarring moving away from the way that it used to be animated with very traditional like 2d animation to go to this cg style that just like didn't fit in with the rest of the series i um i don't know if you guys remember i think it's been a long time now but uh are either of you a fan of Ardman studios you know oh, yeah. wallace and gromit you know chicken yes. run that sort of thing yes. um they released their first cg film someone some time ago uh, i think it was flushed away Oh, yeah. The rats. Yes. <laughs> and, I, and I know they did their best to make it look, you know, to make the characters look like claymation. But it, there's just, I don't know, maybe my brain, same with uh, same with Earwig, maybe my brain is rejecting it because I, the reason I like the studio so much is because they're so focused on something handcrafted. And when you see CG, it's nothing against CG. I love CG in the right hands, but right. It, it, it wasn't what we were expecting. And I, I don't know if that's a a flaw with me as a viewer or it's a flaw with them but uh, i mean the movie was a bomb so maybe i'm not the only there one go. right maybe, maybe he was flushed away and never to be heard of yes poor hugh jackman yeah. but um <laughs> yeah, poor hugh, yeah, he survived he he made it past it he went he that's true um but and this is a side question um and this is my final question about the art thing because uh, you obviously 
you've researched this. Uh, Chris, do you remember a couple of years ago there was an animated version of Batman: The Killing Joke? Oh yeah. And, yeah. and uh, especially, are you do you are you familiar at all with American comics or American animation, like especially like any like the Bruce Tim or um, the Bruce Tim Batman series, like Batman the Animated Series or anything like that? Uh, just a little bit, yeah. And you know, I mean, we all you know, Kevin Conroy, R.I.P., passed away last year, uh, but. Yeah. You know, for a lot of people, he was like a definitive Batman because he was the voice and Mark Hamill was like the definitive Joker. Right. But the animated Batman, The Killing Joke, was based on the old graphic novel by Alan Moore. And it's really violent and it's very gory and it's very risky. I don't want to get into the content, but if you know it, you know. No. And, uh, you know, Chris. Yes. And and the art style was very it was very realistic. But when they made the animated version of it, they made it look like Batman, the animated series. And I think people were very offended because you had something that looked so cheerful and, you know, for children, but the content was clearly for adults and it, it didn't, it didn't line up. And that's why, and, you know, I mean, I think with anime, I think there's still a prejudice. I don't know if you ever get this, that some people still call them cartoons and they have to be for children and they, you know, you can't have sophisticated stories. You can't have blood and sex because, you know, why would, you know, you don't see Mickey Mouse screwing. You know, why would you have <laughs> an elf and a dwarf? And it just I know it sounds silly, but there's mm. still that prejudice a little bit. Are you I know you're probably a fan of Guillermo del Toro and he had his Pinocchio movie come out last year. You know, the the animated Pinocchio on Netflix. Mm. And he's been really big about this, about animation is not for not just for kids. It's not just a genre. It's an art style. It's a it's a legitimate thing. And I just I don't know. You'd, I wish more people would would talk about the role that anime played in getting us there, because, you know, it, it did a lot of heavy lifting when Disney was not. So, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of heavy lifting. A lot. Indeed. <laughs> so. Yes. Even back in our day, when we were kids growing up with, uh, you know, hey, speaking of Sebastian, hey, remember Bill and Sebastian? <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. That old series back in the day with the did boys. Did you ever see that? Did you ever dog. watch Bill and Sebastian, Sebastian? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, oh, man. Bro, Nickelodeon. Yes. Oh. Nickelodeon. Back in the day. Yeah. Back <laughs> in the 80s, right? When Nickelodeon was new, mm-hmm. they were they would just find anything cheap they could put on. And the, the cheapest thing they could do was like low budget anime films. Back before there was a word. We didn't call it anime. We called it what would you call it? Japanimation. Right. Yes. Or or like Japanese cartoons. Japanese like the, cartoons. Like the little prince, Bell and Sebastian. I miss yeah. those. And uh, Bill and Sebastian was this magical slice of life thing that by today's standards, no child would ever watch it. Like it is a slow, like in the Parisian Alps about a little boy and his big dog surviving. And it just, it just wasn't, it's impossible to think a show like that would be uh, available for children today. Impossible. I can't imagine it. Like there's no fart jokes. There's no songs. There's no, there's no hip hop soundtrack. Like it's literally provincial in every way you can think of, and I loved it. I loved Bill and Sebastian. Same, loved it. Loved yeah, it. yeah, still do. Yeah. Yep. And then the and then Ninja Scroll happened. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was flipped everything upside down. Yes. Well, I, I'll just say this for some of you too young to drive and drink. 
Uh, there was a time when blockbuster video and video stores did not know what to do with anime. They did not know what to do. Like, where do we put this? Do we put it in the kids section or do we put it in the foreign section? So let's put let's put Legend of the Overfiend right by Bambi. <laughs> right, or Project Aiko. Yeah. And Fist of the North Star. And, yeah, and La Blue Girl. Hey, yes. Kids, here's, a char- here's a cartoon we can watch with your friends. So, <laughs> that happened. That happened all the time. Wow. Um, you know, I mean, my first my first thing of that was Transformers the movie, which is technically anime. Technically, it yeah, is. yeah. It and it, is. Had, it, it said damn, it said shit. Characters mm. died. Mm. It's when you're eight years old, that rocks your brain. It does. What am I watching? And why isn't it Disney? Why isn't anybody singing? Right. How about our movie back in the day, The Secret of Nim? And that's, oh, yeah. that movie kind of changed me too. Of course, that was American. Yeah, stuff, but that was yeah. Don Booth. Like that was. Yes. That's a different. So, See people getting stabbed and just blood. I'm like, what? Wait, blood and cartoons? What? I, <laughs> Sebastian, I am. I hope to goodness you are a Don Bluth fan because otherwise we can't be friends. But <laughs> no, we're friends anyway. Even if you hate Don Bluth, so. But you do like Don Bluth because you're cool. So. Right. But anyway, let's get this back to anime, not yes. Don Bluth and Trent. What the? Who the hell did that? So I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I blame. I blame you. So okay. So anyway, so going back to it. So so what else do we have on the list that uh, hmm. most impressive? I know you were getting into some negative stuff. We can keep going down that train if you want. So oh yeah. You know other stinky stinky piles. I did have like a couple others that were. I liked Goodbye Don Gleese. Oh okay. Um, I thought it was really really good. And I thought it was really interesting that it came from Studio Madhouse mm-hmm. um, because it's a very like coming of age film. It's these three kids and they feel like they're outcasts. So um, they call themselves the Don Gleese and that's like their little name while they're running around having adventures. Um, and they get blamed for starting a forest fire. And then it's uh, kind of like a downhill spiral for a little bit where they're like all realizing they're growing up and taking different paths. And for anyone who doesn't know, Madhouse, some mm. of their very notable works are Monster, which is a fantastic series, but yes. very different from mm. <laughs> um, a movie like this. Um, Death Note, Trigun. Yes. And then uh, they did mm. Hunter Hunter, which is one of the most notable Shonen series to come out mm. ever. <laughs> um, right. So it was kind of a weird thing to see it come out of that studio because I feel like they don't do a lot of stuff like that. But I was very pleasantly surprised that it was uh, really good and very sweet. I remember, do you remember that story about Madhouse a long time ago where they were going to do like an animated version of Charles Schultz Peanuts? Wow. Yeah. That would have been something. I don't know if anything ever came of that, but when I heard that, I thought it was a joke. Yeah. I was, like, I was like, Peanuts is about to get awesome, but I mean, Peanuts was always awesome, but I mean, can you imagine right. like anime Peanuts? Right, especially with a Snoopy wing because the Red Baron. Oh my yeah. goodness! <laughs> oh goodness! But they did make it. They eventually did make a, a pretty good animated Peanuts movie, though. So. They did. They did. I not 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 Madhouse, but it was pretty good. Right. It was good. I loved the ending. You know when they. Signed Charles Schultz's name at the end. Yeah, that got me. Even though he's dead. Right. It's like my signature is still here. I signed off on it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, actually, that sounds pretty good. I'd never heard of that before, but I'm putting it on my list because I do like the house. Yes. Putting it on my list right now. Goodbye, Don Gleese. There you go. It's on there. Nice. I really enjoyed it. Um, 
And then mm-hmm. I had Jujutsu Kaisen Zero on here. Oh, which, yes. Um, mm. I think, mm. not that I didn't like it. I loved it. I thought it was good. Um, yes. I think that, like, the fan base treated it like the second coming. And then I kind of <laughs> went, okay, it's not that serious. Um, right. It's done by MAPPA. Really great. Mm. Um Everything Mappa does is awesome for the most yes. part. Uh, right. I love but, the series. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a really well done movie. I feel like a lot of times when you have series movies like that, they don't fit in quite the way they're supposed to. Mm. Um, it had tons of Inumaki in it, which is my favorite character. And uh, <laughs> I think it did a really good job like telling the story of some of these characters that get relegated to the side more than they do like brought into the light when you're focusing on the actual main characters. Right. Um, and it looked really good. Yes. Like Jujutsu Kaisen, yeah. just as much as people like to talk about its animation and its art style, I think that it looks just really cool all the time. Yes, um, it does. But I think that was all of my like ones that I was like, yes, these are really amazing. Mm. And I would watch them over and over. Oh, for sure. So real quick, you brought up something really, really interesting, and I just want to segue real quick on that, but you brought up a really good point, Sebastian, about that you said it looks really good, and it looks really cool. And I think anybody who really likes anime or animation in general, that's kind of one of the reasons you watch, isn't it? Because it looks so stylized. It's not real. It's cartoon, or it's manga, or it's you know hyper-stylized. Chris, I know you mentioned you did, but I don't know, Sebastian. Did you... did? Uh, did you watch the Netflix uh, live action version of um, well, what was that anime, Chris? What was uh, it? Um, goodness, so many. Cowboy, Cowboy Bebop. Oh yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> I did. Yeah. You did. Now, how far did you get into it? Oh, I watched the whole thing. So I like to torture myself. So yes, you got you got, <laughs> you got farther into it than the creator of Cowboy Bebop because yeah. there was a I don't know if you you saw that interview with him uh, where he said he couldn't make it past the first episode. And and he was talking about the changes and everything. And and it got me thinking, because I think, Chris, you and I talked about this before, too. Mm-hmm. Um, how important do you think just the way anime looks is to why you like anime so much? Like the fact that it's hand drawn and you mentioned CG, but you could have good animation that's CG. But yeah. how important do you think the fact that anime looks and I, I want to be very clear here, audience, please don't kill me for saying this. I'm not saying it all looks alike. It doesn't. But a lot of it does. <laughs> so, right. but if that whole stylized look, like if you go to Five and Below or you go to Walmart, they all have that section of like draw manga and it looks like manga, mm-hmm. right? But like, how important is the way an anime or manga look? I mean, excuse me, anime looks to why you like it, Sebastian? You go first. Mm-hmm. Like, is it really important or not important? I think that to a certain extent it's kind of important if only because like even when you don't know a lot about animation which I honestly uh, like I don't know what the process is I'm not an artist when a pen and yeah. a piece of paper love each other very much but that's kind of where I sit with it is like even if you don't know you know what looks good like you can be like that's really cool that's really well done that looks really fluid like there's all sorts of things that you can tell about it and at the end of the day, a lot of people really like that kind of stuff because it almost shows like there's just a lot of care put into it. And you can always tell when like an anime was just kind of like there and nobody really cared to kind of go in and make the animation really good. It's just 
they wanted to get it out really fast and mm. now it's just here mm. um that for live happens. action i feel like japan comes out with a lot of live action stuff based on anime mm. all the time they do. They do. um and mm. it's not necessarily always bad but there are a lot of series that they put it out and it's just like, well, the stuff that they do in the series is so crazy that it only really works as a yeah. an animation. Right. Here's looking uh, at you, Full Metal Alchemist movies. <laughs> but like the ones that Netflix have been putting out, like that's yes. even worse because I feel like they try to Americanize it sometimes. Right. And One uh, piece. like Death Note. <sighs> the Death Note movie came out. And I, I thought I was going to lose my mind. Like, even my mom didn't like the Death Note movie because she watched the original series with me. Yes. And she said, it. it's so good because it's like they're playing a game of chess. It and is. Every, like, it's she loved it. And then we watched yeah. the live action and she's like, I don't understand anything that's going on. These aren't the same characters. This can't possibly be the same story. Right. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and I was like, I think. That that's another problem that live action has when it's adapting anime. It's just like they try to change the story so they can make the live action good. So they sacrifice mm. that. And then you kind of sacrifice like your action scenes and some of these little things that you do to try to make it translate to live action when it was just fine as an right. anime. Yeah, Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan Cough. You brought up Japan making live action, and I love I love Japanese films. I love them quite a bit. I'll go I'll talk to you all day about Japanese cinema. Yes. Not the animation, but the cinema. Right. But the but the live action anime tends to look kind of cheap and yes. but very budget limited, I'll say. Yes. No, what about um, our favorite term is like cosplay the movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just and I think you hit I think you made a very good point about, you know, the fact that the stylization doesn't always come through. But I had three examples for you and Sebastian and I and Chris, you can chime in, too, mm -hmm. about I'm going to give you three examples of American live action adaptations of anime. And you can tell me what you think, how successful they were. I can tell you none of them really went over really well, except for one. But I'll just start at the uh, start at the bottom. Uh, you had something like Battle Angel Alita or excuse me, Alita Battle Angel in, in English. Mm -hmm. And what, like, what did you think about this one? Did you see the live action one? I don't think I did. A lot of people did not. <laughs> so. Well, I did, and I, I thought it was pretty cool, yeah. actually. It was I weird did. seeing her, you know, with the big googly eyes. You know, it's like, oh, well, let's give her the anime eyes. But besides that, it was pretty good. You know, they, I like it. I know yeah. people started. Um, they actually put it back in theaters. Did you know this? They actually put oh, it back yeah. when people clamored for it. Mm. Um, there's talk that the movie actually did really well on video, so maybe we'll see a sequel. Mm. But I know it was Robert Rodriguez, right? So, That's right. Yep. Um, okay, the second one is the most controversial one. And you, mm. you, you make, of all the three, this is probably the one you saw, Ghost in the Shell, the one with Scarlett Johansson. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you see that one? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, what did you think of that one, honestly? I mean, for me, it was kind of meh. Like, I just, I saw it, and I was like, yeah, it's not impressing me. And... I guess, like, all the really bad controversy was about Scarlett Johansson playing the the main character. And I was mm -hmm. like, uh, I think that's fair criticism. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I went and I saw it and I was like, it's just, it wasn't, like, anything special. And then I was like, eh, it's not really the same, like, feel. Mm -hmm. It never is. Right. I remember they, um, they did the comparisons and... I don't hate the movie by any stretch, right? But mm. sometimes I think when they tried so hard to make it look like that stylization you talked about, 
like certain scenes looked like the anime. They 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 even took the soundtrack from the anime and reused it in the American version. Yeah. And right. it makes you wonder, like, well, why did you do this if the original already exists? Right. You know, that's, like, yeah, that's the thing I always think about when I watch some of them is I'm like, if you're just going to recycle it, then obviously the original was good enough. Just go watch it. <laughs> exactly. Just go watch the right. anime. <laughs> They did that with like Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Like they just shot, remade it shot for shot. And right. why, why are you doing this? It's it's already there. You could watch the other one. Mm. But um, okay, the last film of the three is da 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 mm. is the Tom Cruise movie Edge of to- Edge. Of, what was it? Edge of Tomorrow. Yes. Uh, yeah. Was it kill? Was it murder, death, kill? What was the original? What was it called? Um, was it? Something repeat kill something. Live die repeat. I think. Yeah, there you go. Live die repeat. There you Which go. Which was a much That's... better title than Edge of Tomorrow. Yes. Sounds like a soap opera. Something but, yeah. right. But a lot of people did not know that was based on a manga. So that's right. It was called All You Need Is Kill. That's All You Need Is Kill, which is an even yeah. better title. It is. It should just no, left it. Just it just keeps getting better. Uh, right. But, so Sebastian, if you mm. saw this, what did you think of that as an adaptation? Because that did, clearly didn't look like a manga or an anime, but okay. So. In fairness, uh, All You Need Is Kill was actually a light novel mm-hmm. first. Really great. I have read it. It was interesting. I'm going to be real honest. I hate Tom Cruise. <laughs> I, I just don't, well, I don't like to watch any <laughs> <laughs> like, um, This isn't 2008. You can't hate. We love him again. He's back in fashion. <laughs> so Maverick, just, baby. Maverick made all uh, the money. I didn't. <laughs> Uh, I'm not. I won't talk about Top Gun because <laughs> I my opinion is not the collective opinion on Top Gun. Gotcha. Um, That's cool. But Edge of Tomorrow wasn't terrible. It was like mm-hmm. an okay adaptation. Mm-hmm. I just feel like um, the light novel was a little more gritty, and I don't like it when they try to like clean up stuff and be like, I don't want it to be as violent or as like dark to try to make it more palatable for american audiences that was about my only issue with it i was like it was all right otherwise and for some of those movies like if you don't know that it's based on a light novel and you just go in and see it for what it is then it was great uh it was a cool movie you know we were having fun with it and uh sometimes that's like my motto when i walk into live action stuff is i'm like i gotta pretend like i didn't see the original like source material right yeah that's how i try to treat it yeah turn off my brain and i'm like yes all right Mm. this is rad and then sometimes i get hit with one like the death note movie where i was like man i can't (laughs) forgive this at all right i don't know what happened here Mm, money happened (laughs) Uh, no no one could have stopped it they were right Right. i am I don't have any opinion. Um, I do. I do like most of the films we talked about, uh, but I will say, uh, side note, like a, a live action American live action anime adaptation, the world has forgotten about, but it happened. Chris, you probably remember this back in the 90s on Cinemax. Remember wow. Fist of the North Star? Oh, geez. Yes. Gary Daniels. You remember that one? with Gary Daniels. And, and um, the world has forgotten about that little gem. But yes. Like, wow. let's let's remove the explosions. Let's right. let's remove a lot of that. But yes. um, but no, we. Th- I'll just say this, audience. Uh, there is way more live action anime adaptations than you could ever dream of. There's a lot, right. and they pop up. They pop up in strange places. So you're gonna have to do your homework there to find the others. Sebastian, you mentioned all the ones that really loved. So let's let's quickly go through some stinkers. Which ones would you recommend people avoiding on your list? <laughs> 
full stop. Number one is like Fruit Basket Prelude. I just, um, I don't know if either of you have seen Fruits Basket. You know, I've um, heard about it. I've read about it. About Isn't that the yeah. one about the, the girl that loves the boys, but then they turn into animals and stuff? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's a shoujo. It is a romance, drama kind of thing. I really hmm. liked the original series. It was right. all right. They recently did a remake of it that was right. pretty good. And it's made by TMS Entertainment, which is a great animation company. So it's beautiful. Like, mm. no matter what anybody says about it, uh, TMS did, like, Re-Life and Yawamushi Pedal. They did my all-time favorite sports anime, All Out. Mm. Uh, they did Detective Conan. So oh, yeah. they are, you know, killing it on the animation front. And <laughs> good for them, honestly. But the prelude, um, I wouldn't even call it a movie. <laughs> and I would hope that nobody who hasn't like seen the series that's coming here to see it as like the start, you know, I really hope they wouldn't do that only because it kind of spends the first like third of the movie recapping the series. So it's wow. a bunch of spoilers at the beginning. Jeez. And then um, it goes right into the story of uh, our main like Fruit Bass's main character, Toru. It goes into her mom and her dad. And it's Kyoko when she was 14 to 15 years old um, and how she kind of like fell into delinquency because she was having a hard time at home. And then she meets the man that will become her husband, Katsuya. And at the time, Katsuya is 22 years old and a teacher at her school. Uh oh. Um, <laughs> and meeting him like turns her life around for the better. It shows that she's like getting better grades. She's going through it. She's just really better. And in my notes, actually, it just says it's pretty. Everything about Fruits Basket is pretty. The problem is the first third of the film is a recap, and the rest is borderline unwatchable when you think about the fact that it's actual textbook grooming being completely romanticized. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> the trailer the trailer says she'll risk everything to let true love in. Yeah. Um, and I, <laughs> I sometimes hate being that guy that's like, Oh, that's really sus. Like, um, I don't know if that's cool. Um, But in this one, like when I was watching it, I was like, I don't think I can do it, man. It's a lot for me. And it, yeah, I was like, especially like that age gap is wild. And I just. How old is she supposed to be again? Um, She's so in the, in the movie, she's like 14 to 15 and he's 21, Uh 22. Uh (laughs) Yeah. And I, I was like, that's a lot. Like, uh, I don't know if I can handle that. Right, um, you know. But for some people who are really big fans of the series, it might be really great for them. But even mm. for me, I was like, I don't think it was necessary um, right. to know her mom's story completely since Toru mm. is our main character and that's pretty much it. But I would probably skip that one if only because you can just go watch the series and get the same amount out of it. So definitely, uh, definitely a trigger warning there for the uh, yeah. questionable yeah. relationship. Yeah. So, yes. Um, yeah. That was the the big thing about it that I just couldn't mm. handle. That's uh, a pretty big thing, though. That's not a yeah. little. Yeah. Oh. Right. It was a lot. Like yeah. I, mm-hmm. I had so many issues with just that alone. Let's see. I'm gonna go ahead and get my really big one out of the way. <laughs> Evangelion: Thrice Upon a Time. Oh yeah. Oh, wow. So um, you, uh, would you say that's a min- would you say would you say that you have a minority opinion on this or 
Yes. A majority opinion. Um, I have a pretty minority opinion on this one. Um, given the fact that on like my anime list, it's like an eight or nine out of ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think that a problem with some of these big series, because Evangelion is amazing. Um, yes. The original series is just so fantastic that anything that comes after now, I think people are just like real quick to not think and just be like nine or ten. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> and I get it because I watch some stuff that is total trash that I will rate a ten on my anime list and I won't hear anyone's opinion about yeah, but it's it. You, but it's your trash. That's yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's my dumpster. I get to pick what goes in it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And with Evangelion Thrice Upon a Time, I just, uh, I know it's like the meme to be mean to Shinji and to kind of kick him around and be like, he's so pathetic and sad. Mm-hmm. But uh, I spent a lot of this movie being like, you know, he is really pathetic and sad, but all his friends died and his dad's <laughs> a bad guy and yes. he doesn't have a bomb anymore. Right. Like, I'm kind of sick of the Shinji slander here. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, Shake it off. Shake it off, Shinji. Um, right. Uh, there's a lot going on in it. That's just non-cohesive with anything else that happens. Um, It's really pretty. Like the animation's really well done. The music is beautiful, which is usual for the series. Um, But it's supposed to be like the end of Evangelion at this point. Okay, that's my question. That's my question. How many times has Evangelion Evangelion finished? Because I thought it was finished like ten other times. They keep, it's like a Marvel character. Like they keep dying and coming back. I think it's three. Like officially, three. It's right. Because it had like the main series, the series. and then the series yep. had the secondary ending, yep. and then they did uh, what this movie is wrapping up—the rebirth. Mm. And now it's over, and Shinji was happy at the end, which I was like, cool. He ran off with some girl he doesn't really know all that well. That's rad. And cool. then. Uh, it's kind of done like it's over Yay. and i was like okay <laughs> we're cool i guess right until you have even evangelion rebirth oh and, and then they'll they'll restart it again <laughs> right i hope not because this was this was technically their rebirth um this was right. rebuilt it will right? yes. be re-rebirth right yeah it just uh i think it's one of those things where like it's overstayed it's welcome i was was Mm. telling chris about this earlier but attack on titan is one of those things Mm -hmm. it just refuses Mm. to end right (laughs) and i was like at a certain point you just got to be like okay we're biting the bullet we're doing it it's over we're done you know just like i love um you know i guess let's address that elephant in the room one piece and, you know, great series and everything, but geez, it's like on episode 1000, whatever, and something is like, when is that going to end? Yeah. You know, I, uh, you ever going to get to the one piece or what? I have a very funny quote from Wikipedia about the director. Oh, and, you, oh. know, hid, you know, is it Hideaki Anno? Yes. The guy who did this? Right in the front paragraph. I'm not, I hate, look, Chris, you know what I'm going to say. I do not yes. like reading Wikipedia on this podcast. I do. Right, right. But this is funny. So apparently his career, uh, Anno's mm-hmm. career in the last, like six years has been exclusively rebooting franchises. Yep. And he has, he, in the past couple of years, he has rebooted Shin Godzilla. He has yep. rebooted Shin Kamen Rider, Shin mm-hmm. Ultraman. Yep. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. And also Shinji Higuchi. Like, oh no, actually no, he's a filmmaker. He didn't reboot him. But it's just, <laughs> it's just like, 
you know what? Let's just redo what we did. Let's just right. do it again. Just yes. do it all again. It's like a Muppet yeah. song. Right. So, I mean, it's Shin Godzilla because it's like there were things about Shin Godzilla that I liked. Like I like how they treated Godzilla like it was just weird creature coming out of the water. And and I like the fact that it mutated, even though it looked ugly as I don't know what. But man, it just focused too much on Japan trying to deal with it. Like it was doing all the, the bureaucracy. Should I, say, I can't even talk. Blah. Just basically yeah. all the red tape and the paperwork that goes into dealing with it instead of just focusing on Godzilla itself. And it was just crazy. And that's a. Uh... That's his kind of that's kind of his shtick though. It is that like yeah. everything that he does has to be about like the bureaucracy Dang or like you. the yeah. like Evangelion's a great example. Um, yep. he loves religious overtones. Like he yes. loves the the mm. religion of things, which is cool. Mm. I totally right. get it. It's rad. Um, mm. but sometimes it's just <laughs> a guy that much. it's just like a monster that comes out of the sea. <laughs> right. Yeah. And exactly. Like, yeah. And then let's just fight that monster and, and yay, you know, that's it. Instead of like, hmm, well, do we have the budget to do it? I don't know. Let's check. <laughs> well, <laughs> you better find like, the budget. <laughs> it's like, your city. It's like that, you know, the quote from The Simpsons. You know, it's like sometimes you just want the simple joys of a monkey knife fight. <laughs> you know, you exactly. Yeah. You don't need subtext. Right. It's, a, it's a monster. It's a but, monster, um, dude. We got a giant robot to fight it. Let him fight. There you go. I, I <laughs> will say one thing, though, as the old elder statesman here sebastian is that i will say this um i remember i was living in california at the time that evangelion was released and i was working in the business and i can tell you a uh, very few things ever hit um a genre like the original evangelion series did like mm. like the this was i even it was an evangelion i think uh possibly um princess mononoke mm. and the rise of dragon ball back in the 90s i think were the ones that split anime into the mainstream like i think mm. and it demonstrated why it was so different than something like disney or dreamworks i know that sounds a little pedantic and silly but it it really felt different it felt like you are watching something different and it was more tolerable than something like uh how do i say this akira look i love it look you know as well as i do i love yes. akira i love fist of the north star i love yep. that but good luck getting normal people to watch that stuff like normally it's not going to happen it's it's too artistic for them but mm -hmm. like you said sebastian there's a lot of subtext here that i think convinced a lot of college kids that it was very intellectual and they could sit around smoking a bong and have discussions about it <laughs> while watching the pretty colors and Basically. it happened you know what i mean you know what i'm talking mm -hmm. about it's you could think about it you could talk about it and you don't really get that from like Disney's Tarzan or something. Yeah. I know that sounds really simple, but I'm I'm being honest here. It's it had depth in a way that a lot of things like that didn't normally have. Like well, in the West we weren't exposed to it anyway. Sorry. But then yeah. it never then it never ended. So Yeah. That's it and that's the problem with like the long series though. But I can definitely uh agree that Evangelion kind of changed anime in general forever. Um, yeah. And everybody that like when I first got into anime, everybody was like, you got to watch that. Mm -hmm. That's the best mm -hmm. one. And mm -hmm. I was like, OK. And then uh, I watched it and then I promptly went and read Berserk and I <laughs> was like, Berserk rocks. This yes. slaps. I love it. Uh, and I know like now I meet so many anime fans who haven't watched Evangelion or haven't watched Fist of the North Star or Berserk or any kind of older series mm. um and sometimes i think that's why like modern anime gets such a bad rep 
all the time is because its fans don't know anything any further back than like Sailor Moon. There you go. <laughs> right. And I'm That's not it. knocking Sailor Moon. I think Sailor Moon's excellent. Oh, um, yeah. Heck yeah. But like, I, like, I'll meet people and I was like, don't get me wrong. My favorite animes are dumb. Like, I, I mm. like a lot of weird hey. stuff and I'm very all over the place with my garbage. Uh, <laughs> Same but here. I will meet mm. people who are like, my favorite anime is Rising the Shield Hero. And I was like, have you oh, seen yeah. anything else? Mm. Anything at all? <laughs> Right. Just, I do love like, that one. Even, too. Uh, I do too. And I was like, I thought it was really good, but I was like, yeah. even just like 2010, just go back a little bit. Right. Uh, yes. came out in 2010 and it's amazing. Like, there go you go. It. Right. There you go. So, you, uh, know. you know, what? you know, what's funny. Um, well, that's like comic book movies today. Right. Mm. Like Chris, when Chris and I were growing up, Sebastian, you had, if you like comic book movies, you only had two. You had Superman right. and you had Batman. That's it. <laughs> and for 20, 30 years, that's all they made. Superman, Batman, Batman, so, Superman, Batman, Superman. <laughs> then Blade comes out. Holy shit. And yes. we can, you mean we can have other things like we yep. can look at other things. And yeah, it's probably gone too far now. And, and maybe we're going to be going into a corrective. But I, I totally understand what you're saying is that once something becomes popular, like super popular, people sort of don't really go beyond it. You know, they mm-hmm. sort of stay in their wheelhouse. And mm-hmm. um I think you're missing a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah. You know, venture out. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I see that yeah. problem a lot with uh, My Hero Academia. That's oh, the big yeah. one right now. Yes. And uh, I I used to love that series. The mm-hmm. first, like, two seasons were great. And then it got yeah. kind of packed in with, like, younger yeah. fans. Right. And then it was like, oh, no. Um, right. And... <laughs> Honestly, and now, like, I go on Twitter sometimes, and I'll scroll through my stuff, and I'll see a bunch of people talking about my hero, and I'll just be like, no, I'm good, actually. Wait a minute. Are you saying you're not excited for the live-action Netflix series, My Hero Academia, that's coming out? (laughs) But you see, that's exactly what it is. Netflix, their algorithm is like, okay, what, you know, what Venn diagram has the most fans that are the, the least impressionable. Okay. Right. Cowboy Bebop. Oh, failed. Death Note. Failed. Oh, My Hero right. Academia. Don't you dare touch Akira. Don't touch Seriously. it. Seriously. I I heard for a while they were gonna make a live action Akira, and I was like, oh, I yeah. don't think that's. Mm. But they, then they did they did Yu Yu Hakusho instead, and wow. I saw like all the stuff for that, and I was like, no, don't do that. <laughs> well, uh, Seriously. The, the Akira thing's like, been funny. Because they keep trying it, they announce it, then they cancel it. Then they announce it and yep. they cancel it. They announce mm-hmm. it and they cancel it. It's never coming. Right. But, like, but they're, they're going to keep announcing it and canceling it. That's what's going to happen. Absolutely. You're like yep. Robotech, a.k.a. Macross. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. It'll, yeah. But no. I think Netflix is just generally bad about stuff like that. Yeah. Like Tiger and Bunny 2, the first season came out in 2011 before mm. Netflix like bought the rights to them. Mm. Um. And then when the second season came out this last year, they ruined it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, I still love it. And I think that they did some cool stuff with it. But overall, I was like, oh, no, you guys are taking too many notes from all these other anime. And then you've completely lost the meaning of the original series that this came from. Because, uh, you know, it's like this love letter to Western comics. And I was like, and that's the whole point of it is to... Uh, have these heroes that are very similar to silver and gold age comic heroes. And then 
uh, you kind of went and animate, uh, like animate fight them too much. And now it's lost some of the meaning that you had to it. Mm. Uh, and I feel like that's just a huge problem that Netflix has is they take everything like that and they just kind of mess it up uh, yeah. fundamentally. Mm. <laughs> I just, you think with, you think with all the money, like Chris and I joke about mm. this all the time. But like you have these companies that spend tens and tens of millions of dollars on things. They have producers, writers, screenwriters. They have guild members. They have everything. But you know the one thing they never have on a set? They never have a nerd. Like just one. Just one. Because as soon as that thing shows up, that nerd will point out everything that's wrong with it. Like that nerd will watch the trailer and point out flaws that everybody missed. And Mm – and when the product comes out, it's so flawed. It's like if you would have had a, a one, maybe two nerds on the set, you mm-hmm. would have solved a lot of problems. Like a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. would have never happened if you just had one of those nitpicky, anal retentive <laughs> nerds that can see every. They can see flaws that you didn't see, and you wrote the damn thing. Mm-hmm. And but they never do. They never do. And then after aftermath, oh, we shouldn't have done this. We should have done this. No, you shouldn't have. You shouldn't have done it. Right. So. Hire the nerds. They do it for free. They Seriously. Do it for free. They, they will be paid. Yeah. I mean, they, just, yeah, they do it for popcorn. free right now. <laughs> right. I mean, they do it online every day. I can go to they anything do. right now. And they're like, ah, this is, they're clicking their keyboard. This is terrible. Like, right. you don't need to pay that guy. So, yeah. Give him a free Netflix account. Like, he'll do it for there free. There you go. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Get, like, you just nailed it right there. Free Netflix account. That's it. Boom. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think like that's true. But, Sebastian, mm-hmm. I could tell you as someone who's been doing this a very long time. Mm-hmm. That, um, you know, PR people will do things like that. They'll ask opinions, but they'll never ask the right people. They'll ask like an influencer, like like mm. they'll interview an influencer sitting in a bathtub full of, you know, breakfast cereal. So <laughs> think about this. Oh, I loved it. This is great. This is great. Buy my stuff. But they'll never talk to the actual fans who love this stuff. They mm. never. I've never yeah. seen it. Never yeah. seen it. Same. They did that with the Lord of the Rings. You remember that? The new Lord of the Rings oh, on yeah. Amazon. They hired all these influencers to come in and t- and give their impressions. Mm. Like you're paying these people, of course they love it. Like, right. Like it was shit. No. Yes. <laughs> was there you go. Great. Did the check clear? Oh yeah, and it was great. Oh yeah, I loved it. Yeah. What, what are we talking about? <laughs> right. Hashtag, follow, you know, my fans. But I don't know. I don't know. I maybe I'm the wrong person to ask you about that. But no. Um, Nailed it. Okay. Yeah. So moving on. So what else uh, did not impress you? I honestly think those are my like two big ones that I just could not stand. Um, and then I, I did talk, I'd like touch briefly on uh, Rioma Rebirth, the Prince of Tennis. It was an experience. Um, <laughs> I don't know if either of you have seen Prince of Tennis. Um, I've, I've know about it just in passing. It's mm. a very typical sports anime. You have your black-haired kid who is an absolute <laughs> gifted freak with a yes. tennis rack- racket, and then you have like his his uh, team mom, best friend, and all of that nonsense. Um, but this movie was kind of an addition, um, where our main character from the series is wondering about why his dad quit playing tennis at this very specific U.S. Open tournament. And he tries to find answers in the old tournament videos and ends up getting teleported back to the past to see it in person and try to figure out what caused his dad to give it up and then do anything in his power to make sure his dad doesn't quit tennis. Uh, 
Wow. The time <laughs> the time travel element was really weird, mm-hmm. and the story is insane. It's almost funny to watch, so I almost uh, didn't put it on the list at all. Because I was like, it's kind of so bad, it's funny. Um, <laughs> but then, like, it was really the art style, that CG style, and it just, like, did not look good. It was uh, very unimpressive visually. Mm. And then I had such a hard time watching it because of that, that I was like, it's got to go mm. on the worst list. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah. Yes, I've, I've been burned. If you look at some of those anime series I've reviewed on the site, you know, there's, there's a couple of CG ones on there. You're like, yeah, mm, yeah. that's weird. Uh, <laughs> it's always a choice when they do that. Um, I remember when Ajin came out a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Ajin Demi Human is one of my favorite manga series. I thought it was excellent. And then when the anime came out, the animation they chose to do was like a weird kind of 3D animation, and it looked awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was yeah. so bad and i was like this has kind of ruined it for me uh <laughs> i'll just continue to read the manga and not mm-hmm. watch this yes matter of fact i'm um, going back to one of my old series again trigun you notice they got that new trigun series out now yes. and yeah. i'm kind of not really impressed with the art or the animation to it but i mean you know since i'm a trigun fan i'm still gonna watch it at some point but I'm like, yeah, why, why the CG, why the 3D, yeah. you know? I've, I've heard good uh, things about the story. Um, yeah. And then I read Trigun. I did not oh, watch awesome. the original series. Mm. Um, but looking at, like, the manga versus the new series, I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> we, like, full-on beachified these yes, guys. they did. And I was like, that's yes. rad. Um, <laughs> and I noticed now that, like, all my friends have, like, Bash as their... <laughs> Right. Profile picture and stuff. And yep. I was like, oh, all it took was taking away like all the muscle. And You're right. You're right. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah. I, I got a question. So the we, we talked about this quite a bit. And, be, you know, before we start wrapping up, um, we talked about CG, right? I think the mm-hmm. I was surprised to learn the term was actually called 3D CG, mm-hmm. which is ironic. That's also a four letter word like SHIT. But. <laughs> But the question is, uh, I don't want to give the impression that I think anybody here is bad mouthing CG per se. I think we all we all probably have movies we love that are fully CG. Mm-hmm. And Chris, uh, Sebastian, I don't know if you happen to see one of last year's best animated movies. It's nowhere near an anime, but I want to ask you because it pertains to what we're talking about. Now, Chris, I know you saw it because you wouldn't shut up about it. <laughs> but uh, did you see Puss in Boots, The Last Wish? Yes, I did. Did you it was like so it? good. I yeah, loved you like it. it. So that's CG, yeah. but it's uh, for anybody who hasn't seen it, um, it is so hyper stylized. Like it is so hyper stylized that it will change art styles in the same scene, like in, on the frame. Like characters will be animated differently in the same in the same moment. Mm-hmm. Um, my question to you is: You look at something like that that's fully CG. Do you think that when you look at live at not live action, when you look at uh, 3D CG? anime films do you think they've missed an opportunity to sort of innovate like that like do you think that anime could exist if it was more stylized like something like puss in boots i know that sounds really weird it's it feels weird to say that <laughs> it feels really weird to say that but you know what i'm talking about i i know what you're talking about with the cg anime a lot of it just looks dull and lifeless yes. but but would you think that anime would benefit from being more hyper stylized like something like puss in boots I think in like some ways it could. 
I think, and it sounds like such a cop-out answer because I yeah. keep saying. Mm-hmm. No, you're fine. Um, mm-hmm. It always depends just on the series that's using it and like mm-hmm. what works best for the story they're trying to tell. Right. So I think that in a, in a way, like they could do a very hyper-realistic CG style and it would look really, really good. Um, and I'm sure there's ones that have done it and they just never go over super well with fans. Um, Cause I think everybody's kind of used to the animation that anime provides. It's always kind of the same, but a little different. And that's why anything that's kind of out of that norm is usually something that people look at and go, ew, like Jojo's Bizarre Adventure where, you know, it's a different art style. It's a different form of animation sometimes. And it just doesn't, compute with anime fans uh, all that well but i i definitely think that there's lots of interesting things that anime can do in the future and that maybe they will start to do once um they kind of see how well it does in other markets because i think like you said the really big issue is that some of it just looks so dull Mm -hmm. and when you look at it you're like oh my god everybody looks sad I don't want to watch this. <laughs> did um, did did either of you see that video that came out last year of Hayao Miyazaki watching a demo of computer-generated AI, like ragdoll physics? Um, I don't know, Chris. I don't know if mm-hmm. I shared this with you, but mm-hmm. there's this animation company, and they're showing like AI-created animation, mm-hmm. and it's this body sort of flaring around, right? And Miyazaki's looking at and you could tell that the guys are really, really proud. And as soon as it's done and Miyazaki basically says, I hate this. <laughs> He's like, this is like this is something that humans should not be doing. And he talked about how it was torturous and how it's soulless. And you could see the animators faces just drop because mm-hmm. clearly they idolize Miyazaki. And here he is poo pooing what they feel is the future of animation literally in real time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it's it's such a it's such an interesting contrast because right. I mean you know what I mean it's it's just you wonder where things are going to go and I mm. yeah I just I don't know where things are going to go I know you know we're talking about AI generated artwork we're talking about AI created chats now you know we're mm. we're basically we could I mean you and I are obsolete we could literally Chris we could just have mm. Chat GDP and AI mm. run the site. We don't need to do it. Just sit back and, and probably do a better job sometimes. But but it's you know what I mean. Like it's changing. Things are changing, and hopefully for the better. But I think you know I guess we're gonna have to see when we get there. But um, but no. So that's a stinker. So um, anything else that did not you did not really care for, Sebastian? Nothing off the top of my head, uh, unless you guys just want to hear about an animated movie that I did not like. Oh yeah, well, well sure. Um, not away. an anime. But uh, I don't know if you guys know this. My favorite movie trilogy of all time is Night at the Museum. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know where you're, I know where you're going with this. I know where you're going with this. Um, and in December, <laughs> they put out a new animated movie called Night at the Museum, Common Raw Rises Again. And I was so excited because I was like, oh, my gosh, I love Night at the Museum so much. And I bet it's going to be great. It wasn't. Um, I was so disappointed and I remember going onto Tumblr and writing out my really long text post about how much I didn't (laughs) like it. Um, 
mostly because I was like, this doesn't fit in with the series at all. Right. Uh, nothing is happening that makes sense. I'm scared. I'm upset. Stop rebooting things. Seriously. It, it, so I didn't watch it, but did it have anything to do with you with the live action movies? Not really. Like, uh, I was trying to figure out for a long time how it fit in with the live action movies because where the third one left off, uh, it doesn't really fit in there. And I was like, okay, um, trying to figure out what happened. Uh, none of the original cast came back to voice the actors or voice the characters. Sorry. It was just all around kind of a a weird thing because I was like, I thought Kamen Ra was gone in the second movie. We kind of banished him to like the underworld. I don't think right. he's crawling out of there. Uh, it's Disney, right? So no one, no one stays dead or gone forever. Well, and I kept hearing that they were going to reboot it when Disney kind of took over the rights of it. And I was like, I hope they don't. I don't right. think I have it in me. I just... Like, you, stop touching things. Seriously. You know what they could have done? They could have made a CG Robin Williams with a fake CG Robin Williams voice. They could have done that, but yeah. they didn't. Did they do it? They didn't do it, did they? No, no. Oh, they thank, didn't God. Okay. thank goodness. Well, uh, they, they, because they've been doing that with other things. Like, they've been recreating things that are dead and gone. And it's, mm. they should not do that. They should not be doing that. Right. It's uh, mm. It was uh, a very unpleasant viewing experience, for You're sure. Right. And I yes. remember uh, pitching a couple of articles over at Collider about it because I was like, I think this is proof that family movies are dying. Oh, yes. And I know that sounds really weird, but I was like, there's mm. a difference between a family movie and a children's movie. Mm. Uh, and it's that family movies are made for everyone to watch. And mm. they're usually full of all sorts of stuff that only adults get. And that makes it funny for everyone. Uh, whereas children's movies now, it's like really bright, really colorful, uh, always lots of very weird jokes uh, that mm. only kids would really, really like. And I was like, it was just so on the nose about everything. And I was just like, this sucks. It was a series of family movies. Should have just kept it that way. Right. And I was like, because most of your kids now don't even know what that series is. The last one mm. came out in like 20. 14 2015 yeah. so like my little brother who was born in 2013 watched it with me and was like i don't know what this is <laughs> well, they, i saw that they uh one of them had done something similar with that jurassic park animated series with horrendous animation that had right. nothing to do oh, with um, camp cretaceous right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i mean i don't want to be a snob but i didn't like it but um mm -hmm. But look, I, I would never want to lead anything. We will we will close this out with uh, just a miscellaneous of other stuff. But you mentioned one animated movie you really didn't like. But let's 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 um, on a high note. What was your favorite animated movie, non-Japanese, non-anime, of 2022, Sebastian? Honestly, it was probably Turning Red. <laughs> the, the Pixar film. Yeah, I really liked that movie. I was reading that was actually she was really inspired. Uh, the director was really inspired by uh, Ghibli films, and it, like the working title was called like My Neighbor Toronto. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so That's I don't cool. know how true that is, but it's funny. Mm. I'm trying to think of what else came out animated. Um, right. You know, there's always Beavis and Butthead. It's so. <laughs> funny. That <laughs> which was, was not which was not nominated for best uh, animated right. picture for some reason. Right. I don't know why. Yeah. That was awesome.
we could be here all like we could have ten more podcasts like about oh, the best right. animated movie. There was a lot that came out yes. last year. But I did um, love Puss in Boots. That was a really nice treat. That was a perfect way to end twenty twenty two right there. I can't yeah, believe I really liked yeah. Puss in Boots. Yes, so did I. I. I wasn't ready for the emotions in that movie. I was like, wow. <clears throat> can, I, can I just say this? If I can say one, one more thing about Puss in Boots, because I know this is not a Puss in Boots podcast. But um, <laughs> the character design on the characters was phenomenal. And the character design on, I'll just say, a certain Wolfie character yes. was one of the best uh, character designs of any, any animated character I've seen in a very long time. Mm. Like, everything was just on the nose spectacular like i who would have thought that dreamworks would have had I, one of the best animated films based on a shrek franchise i know 22 so hey, you know what's even more funny i was making fun of that wolf guy i mean don't get me wrong i love him of course but it's it's like um dreamworks they must have really loved diablo 3 that reaper of souls because that's what the main bad guy looks like he's got the two little sickle things <laughs> I was like, hey, it's look, it's it's a guy from Reaper of Souls. Nice. And I still haven't seen Gil, Gilmo del Toro's uh, Pinocchio yet. So Same. It's, it's on my Check list. It it's on Same. my list. So, okay. Uh, one more thing, and we will close this out, Sebastian okay. and Chris. So I put a little note here on miscellaneous. So just stuff hmm. that is like tangentially related to Japanese anime stuff. Uh, we can go down the list if you want, but Sebastian, I'll start with you. So. Final thoughts about anything anime-ish related could be anime adjacent, anime series, anime whatever. Anything that just tickled your anime anime boat. So um, for sure, out of like all the anime that I watched this year, <laughs> Spy Family. Yes. Really solid. Uh, I didn't expect it to blow up like it did. Very popular. At all. Um, but I also really enjoyed Blue Lock, which is a soccer anime that came out. Oh, that um, one. Mm. Very funny because it is a very split opinions on it. You either really like it or you just absolutely detest it. Um, it's about basically locking 300 high school soccer players in a prison and um, <laughs> having them like not fight to the death. But basically every time a round happens, they somebody gets eliminated and uh, that person can never play for the Japanese national team. Mm. So huh. um, like they're a, trying to build like a perfect soccer team to win the world cup it's a uh, very interesting um a lot of people say it kind of bastardizes the sport of soccer mm. i don't think it matters it's uh, it's absolutely say. insane um but those were like two of the ones that i saw get like blow up really big last year that i was really surprised about because uh attack on titan was also airing and uh, mm-hmm. My Hero was airing again and everything else. So I'm glad they didn't get too lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. Blue uh, Blue Lock sounds like Squid Game meets soccer. Yeah, right. almost. So, which, is a, mm-hmm. which is a weird formula I'd like to see more of, by the way. You know, more right. elimination of large crowds. Right. Um, all right. Uh, no more no more things that, that really stood mm-hmm. out to you? Um, I don't think so, because I... Like you Did had said lot. about movies, I could be here like all day oh, yeah. talking about right. anime I watched. Exactly. <laughs> just yes. so much. Chris, and, um, so you're you're in the hot seat. So anything else that's really, really interesting, uh, closing well, out? Well, definitely I got to go back to watching Spy Family for sure. Got to finish watching that. And um, of course, I did like Chainsaw Man. <clears throat> Excuse yeah, me. You, and, you yeah. and the rest of the world. Yes. Yeah. Chainsaw Man was 
pretty good. And now I'm, I definitely got to check out that Bleach, that Thousand Year Blood War. It's going to be next Amazing. on my list. Oh, okay, cool. You said okay. <laughs> check it out. Oh yeah, and I got to check out your game. I see you put um, Ghostwire Tokyo on there. Yeah. Take a look at that. Uh, did you play um, Ghostwire Tokyo? Oh, not I, me. I haven't played it. Oh, oh okay, no. cool. Sebastian, you did, Sebastian. Sebastian, you played it. Oh yeah. What you? Didn't you get a gaming laptop last year? Did you finally upgrade uh, into something yes. that so, can play games? Uh, fun fact: I bought the gaming PC specifically yeah. so I could play Ghostwire Tokyo. Really? Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I call it. Or did I call it. Uh, there you go. I did, and then I had made a tweet about it, and actually like added Corey in my tweet. Oh yeah. And I was like. <laughs> There you go. I finally did it. I got a <laughs> laptop that plays games. Hey. Uh, but I I really liked that game. It was like probably up in my top three that I played last year. I uh it we did a we did a gaming recap for 2022 and Ghostwire Tokyo was on my top three and Corey was actually surprised that I listed it. He didn't think I had played it. But I um I think it I think Ghostwire Tokyo. A lot of people would say Persona. Some people may say Yakuza, but mm. I think Ghostwire Tokyo is the most Japanese of Japanese games that has come out in a very long time. Um, I, yeah, and it's delightfully so because sometimes you get games where the culture has sort of been, the hard edges have been rubbed off, not with Ghostwire yeah. Tokyo. <laughs> so not with Go- cool. No, no, it's, it's, it's bizarre. It's not going to be for everybody. It could be a little repetitive at some time, but for what it is, though, it's delightful. It's very delightful. Mm-hmm. Anything else for um, you, Chris? I think that about does it, really. Yeah. Well, I've got to check out that Cyberpunk show, too. Oh, yeah, Edge that's Runners. what I was going to say. Yeah. So, Sebastian, <clears throat> this is a question for you. So, Cyberpunk Edge Runners on Netflix, I know we poo poo Netflix a lot, hmm. but Cyberpunk Edge Runners was a huge thing. It was probably the most successful anime project that Netflix has ever done. And yes. it basically saved the game, it brought it back to life for a lot mm. of people. Did you yeah. watch it? Um, I have started it. I have not finished it. Um, but I think that like so far it's been really good. I really like the animation of it, which I was kind of surprised because sometimes stuff that Netflix puts out anime wise is not my favorite. Um, but also speaking of anime that was really popular on Netflix, um, I don't know if either of you watched Kotaro Lives Alone. I've heard Uh, of it. Yeah. It's super sad. Uh, They prepared to just cry all the Mm -hmm. time. Um, But it actually got nominated for like a handful of Crunchyroll Anime Awards. And I was Mm. really surprised because Crunchyroll's Anime Awards are always a popularity contest. Yes. And like everything was taken up by Spy Family, Attack on Titan, the final season, part Mm -hmm. three, and then Mm. uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runners. So I was really surprised to actually see it nominated for stuff. Um, and I was like, man, I didn't know anybody else watched that except for like me and two other people I know. <laughs> I feel the same way about music and Beyonce. Like, like I know the Grammys are going to be this weekend, but I know it's going to be all Beyonce and Taylor Swift. Like they never play music that I like. I have nothing against Beyonce and Taylor Swift, but they're not in my playlist. But um, I do have one last thing to comment. I didn't know where it would fit. Um, it's an older show, but it was it just came back on Netflix. We. By the way, spoiler, Netflix does a lot of this stuff. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, did either of you watch the show Old Enough on Netflix? Or yeah. Have you seen it? Did you see yeah. it? Sounds familiar. Yeah. It's, what, it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Uh, what, mm-hmm. did you, what did you think, Sebastian? Um, 
So I actually watched that with my mom, which I know I say a lot. Um, it's so I thought I always think it's really sweet because um, my mom was like, oh, my God, I would never allow my kid to just go out oh. on their own. Should we say, and should do we, that? Should we say what the premise is real quick, though, because it's uh, a bizarre premise. So Old Enough is basically a show about kids going on their first errand very outside young of their kids house. very yeah. young children like two um, and it's oh, funny because yeah. i did see a lot of backlash about the show because they were a lot of people were like i would never let my kid do that that's like a form of child endangerment and it always makes me think about the fact that that's like a huge thing in japanese culture and it's part of teaching kids to like be independent and do things on their own and to be able to like ask people for help when they need to get stuff done. Whereas here, like letting your kid just kind of go off on their own is so frowned upon because everybody's like, you don't know what could happen. Someone's going to take your kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of my mom's thought process when she was watching it. And then when I was like explaining it to her, she's like, no, I like never would that be okay? And then I had to explain to her that it was like a show from the 90s. It's not even like modern day. It's like 30 and years old, right? Yeah. And I was yeah. and I was trying to tell her, I was like, yeah. And then they still do that today. <laughs> that's a thing that's really common. You see it in like anime all the time. And that's how most people are exposed to it is seeing it in different anime series. They really like, like uh, Gaku and Babysitter does it all mm. the time. And it's like, when you watch it, in an anime it's cute because you're like oh um and then when you see it in real life everybody's like whoa (laughs) no well i felt jealous when i watched it because i thought to myself if i had kids they could be doing so much work like (laughs) they're going to the store buying the groceries doing the cleaning and i'm like how lazy are american kids like these japanese toddlers are working they're 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 earning their place no i'm just kidding but they are working Mm -hmm. But it is, but it is adorable though. It's really cute. Um, I did, I, I didn't realize the show was so old. Like, the, I remember. Um, do you remember what was it? Uh, what was the show that came out like 20 years ago? The overdub show with Beat Takashi. Remember uh, what was it called? Oh, yeah. Takashi's Playhouse. It became Most Extreme Elimination. There you go. That's it. Did you ever watch that show, Sebastian? Or I what it was I've, dubbed? I think I've seen like clips of it. Mm. I don't think was... I've seen it all the way through. Well, that's back. It was there was this whole error back in the late '90s, early 2000s, when they would get Japanese programs and they would just dub over them anything they wanted. Like, like Pran Shinchan we talked about was one of those. They start, you remember? Yeah, they would turn it into something else. But uh, you know who Beat Takashi is, and you know before he was a yakuza gangster badass, yeah. he was a comedian. And this show is just watching people do crazy things. But the dubbing that was so funny became sort of iconic. Like they would have back and forth, which if you ever watch the movie um, Dodgeball with Ben Stiller, like the two announcers are basically the announcers from Most Extreme Eliminations. Like, right you are, Ken. You know, oh my God, she's taking yes. up the butt, yada, yada. Um, and, and I would argue that's kind of what you get when you watch like a Nintendo press conference. You have that weird, weird dubbing that doesn't, yes. doesn't yeah. comport. But um, mm. but no, I just uh, I watched old enough. Like, what is it? Ten minutes an, an episode. You can you can binge. Yeah, yeah roughly. Mm. Yeah, and you're like, oh well, well, of course they're safe. 
you know, because they have like 50 camera people. Right. But um, no, I just I, I just thought that was interesting that it took 30 years for that show to finally get to American TV. And most of the kids survived. So <laughs> right. it's, it is cute. Um, but yeah, I think uh, and the, only, the only other one I'm just going to mention, honorable mention, because, Chris, you brought it up, too, was the Baby Yoda uh, oh, short yeah. that was on Disney Plus the, from Studio Ghibli. Did you did you yeah. see that one? Yes. What do you think of that? I, I, I didn't know what to think. And then I saw it. and I didn't know what to think after. It was cute. Right. <laughs> That's what I got. Right. Yeah. It didn't. Yeah. No story. Just a little dancing with uh, those mm. familiar little dust bunnies from other Ghibli things. Yes. But um, but no, I think uh, unless you guys have anything else to add, I think this is a good place uh, to wrap it up. I was just going to ask if there was like anything upcoming that y'all were looking forward to. Upcoming? Uh, well, oh, yeah. I got something, but I'll let Chris go first. That's a good question, actually. Uh, well, I'm in the process of trying to review that uh, the new Sword Art Online movie. That's Good what luck. I think. Yes, <laughs> right? <laughs> Tell me about it, because, you know, I'll be honest, I never really had a chance to really get into the series. I've only known about it from, you know, what I've pieced yeah. together from some of the games and what I've heard and what I've read. But I guess it's like the movie's almost like a reboot in a way. It's like it's the same thing, but they, they're showing it from... Um, What's her name? Um, the the girl's point of view this time, and they yeah. introduce a new characters. So I was like, oh wow, okay. So I guess this will just be my version of it. And then I guess. <laughs> but um, anything else though that's coming up this year? I I have no idea. I guess we just have to wait and see. Well, I have <laughs> one. I know there's a bunch coming out. There's a bunch of other stuff coming out. Um, I'm gonna have to wait until you, Sebastian, <laughs> tell me what to yes. watch because you clearly know more <laughs> than I do. Uh, trust me, like I get half my stuff from Chris. Like if it, if it trickles through Chris, then eventually I watch it. But specifically anime, I I don't know how this happened, but I just mm-hmm. discovered it today mm-hmm. that they finally put the uh, Junji Junji Ito collection, Japanese yes. Tales of the Macabre, yes. on Netflix. So good. And nice. I was like, I want to get this podcast over so I can watch it because <laughs> uh, full disclosure, like Viz Communications, all of the big all of the big publishers. They love sending us Junji Ito novels. You know this, Chris. They're so good. Yes. Yeah. Every week there's a new one. I don't know how many novels this man has oh, done. Maybe a lot. Maybe a million. <laughs> but like, we have another one coming in the pipeline right now. There's so many. Nice. But I know, was it Crunchyroll? Uh, who did it? Um, who hmm. did the Junji Ito collection? They It was on VOD. You had to buy it. Was it um, Crunchyroll? I want to say Crunchyroll had the, the streaming rights to it. Um, and, the first it was, one. Yeah, which means it's hard to watch. <laughs> But, <laughs> but on Netflix, it's like you could be drunk and lazy and just hit a button and it will start <laughs> playing magically on your TV. And so I plan on watching that. So okay. that's I know there's more coming. I know there's yeah. more, but that's that's all I care about right now. That's gotcha. it. Gotcha. Cool. But with that, I think uh, are we good? Are we ready to yeah. Yeah. put this up? OK, well, yes. I'll tell you what, everyone, you have been listening to a very special, special, special uh, episode of the Pop Zara podcast for the movie time. This has been a supplemental episode of the best, the worst, and everything else of anime movies of 2022. And I want to thank once again our special guest, Chris Mitchell. Chris, producer of the podcast, welcome back. Oh, thank you. Was and, awesome. making, and making his debut was none other than Pop Zara's own Sebastian Stoddard. Uh, wonderful, by the way. You sound great. So we got to have you on lots, lots more. Right. Because frankly, you're pretty good at this. You, you might. You might make it. You might make it in this business. So, 
And with that, I want to thank everybody. Hopefully you had a very lovely uh, new year. There's lots of good stuff to watch. Other episodes, wrap-ups, all of it. You can't miss on popzara.com and the podcast. If you like what you hear, give us a good ranking. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. I don't care. Just tell people. A click's a click. And with that, we'll say goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 The time has come to ride the wrong With prison power might She's got the power She's got the power. She's got the power. Yeah, she's got the power. Thanks for listening to the Pop Zara podcast. Remember to like, follow, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or service.